Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, good afternoon, listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Achtung Millwall on this fateful Saturday afternoon. Um, as you can hear, I've just started up the car. I'm just leaving home on the way to the den. Wondering what's going to lay before us on our Battle of Waterloo day for Ian Holloway. Stalingrad. I think they're trying to think of the thriller in Manila. This is the shootout in Bermondsey for him after a pretty poor week for the Millwall by anyone's standards. Um, awful defeat last Saturday at, at Blackpool. A must-win game that went away from us completely, leaving the club in, in turmoil afterwards, and then, if it's possible, an even worse 4-0 defeat up at Bradford on Wednesday night to dump us out of the FA Cup and, and get rid of a prospect of a game against Chelsea. So, um, yeah, this is what, what we're going to expect today. We're up against the high-flying Ipswich side. Sunny day so far. Hint of snowy rain in the air earlier on, but so far pretty clear, pretty bright. We'll see. Good luck, my wife just wished me as I left home. I think we're going to need it, listeners. Aren't we just? More later once we get to the ground, anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89 percent off usps and ups make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with stamps.com use code program for a special offer that's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Just driving past Beckton Park, 
not far from where I come from. Just having a sneaky look to my left, see if there's any decent players in the park. Can't be any worse than what we've had lately. Just kicking about at the moment, can't concentrate on that, sorry about that. Just driving along, thinking to myself, it's um, today's actually the first anniversary of Ian Holloway's arrival at Den. It was one year ago, almost to the day, wasn't it? It was about the same time last year, same part of January, and against the same opponents today at Swiss Town, that formed Holloway's first game in charge of the Lions, which was a heroic 1-0 victory over Ipswich that day, uh, from a side comprising probably the backbone of um, what you might call the old guard of, of Millwall um, players, uh, also including, of course, Paul Robinson, who's left us this week, permanently now for Portsmouth. Um, and it was, a, it was a match that I recall thinking to myself, well, this could be the start of a new era, because... Those players gave everything that day, listeners, didn't they? It was they were flat out on their feet at the end of the match. Fantastic performance, gritty one-nil win, as I recall it. Uh, Rob, I remember giving everything for this new manager that had just come in, and um, we all hoped that that was going to be the start of something, uh, a new start from the, the post-Lomas uh, post era. Um, as it turned out, of course, here we are, 12 months on arguably in a worse position than Lomax put us into, which is shocking statement of, uh, a shocking state of affairs. Holloway, speaking on Lions Player in a week, made a rather extraordinary statement that he felt there were players within the group, within the squad, who were trying to get him out like they got Steve Lomas out. Um, an amazing statement, actually, um, to go on, on, on the, the club's official news channel and make. Um, clearly, it begs the question as to who those players are. Probably we, everyone here can name their own names. It's going to be the, the old guard that um, maybe don't buy into the, the Holloway show. Maybe they didn't buy into the Lomas show. I don't know. But nevertheless, both men were in charge of the team and both deserve to have the professional respect of, of giving their best for the, for, the, uh, for, the man, for the man who's in charge. So an extraordinary state of affairs. It almost feels like a civil war going on at the club. And today we're going to be facing opponents who are, who have got their tails up, as they say. I'm just driving through Silvertown, listeners. Um, for those of you who don't know Silvertown, or maybe don't want to know Silvertown, which I can't blame you for. Uh, it's a formerly industrial area of, of East London, very much dock-related. The um, it's Royal Victoria Dock is to my right as I'm looking. The cranes now kind of memorials to a lost era. And talking of memorials, I've literally just passed... Uh, it's like a war memorial, it was actually an explosion that took place in Silvertown in 1917 during the course of the First World War. There was a huge um, munitions armaments factory here on the river, which uh, blew up sadly, causing massive loss of life at the time. I think it's two or three hundred people, I haven't, uh, haven't checked, but it's in that order. Uh, massive, I think it's the largest peacetime explosion in the UK, possibly including the Second World War as an individual explosion. Um, but all around me, there's, this, the, there's memorials to the past and the construction of whatever kind of future we're being launched into. The building of plenty everywhere you look around here. Building sites, building sites, building sites. I'm just coming up over to uh, the lower league crossing now. Nothing, cranes, all you can see is a sea of cranes out there. Building um, affordable and um, semi-unaffordable housing for whoever's moving into our city. Um, now, I'm not making that point as some kind of uh, anti-this or anti-that type of statement. It just strikes me how our football club, Millwall, 
is part of this change. You look around Bermondsey, what, what I'm seeing here in East London, what I'm driving over towards in our part of South East London, it's the same thing. It's a city in, in transition, and our club is caught in the middle of that transition. And I sometimes think, and I don't know what you think, listeners, listening to this show, I sometimes think we're slightly like uh, the dinosaurs when they're watching the meteors landing all those millennia ago, watching the world changing in front of our very eyes, whilst we are something part of part of the past almost, aren't we? We seem to, um, all of us, myself included, relish um, the past and what the club once was, the Docklands, traditional Docklands club. But as I'm sitting here at the traffic lights, on the brink of Canary Wharf right now, with Silvertown behind me and, and the River Lee and, and the development going on around Canning Town, that's in the past. We've got to adapt to it. We've got to become part of the future, however painful and however difficult that process is. Probably not what you're expecting in the prelims to today's messianic clash between Mill and Ipswich, is it? But nevertheless, it remains a fact of life. Um, I've been thinking a lot about the position of Ian Holloway and what he could represent, as mad as it's been in this past year, as flawed an individual as he's proven to be. His aspirations towards just playing a modern brand of attacking fast football, however laughable that's going to sound, given everything that's taking place this week, that is the way forwards. Um, I catch myself, and I referred to it in our conversation with De uh, Denzel last week, he, he, he took the, uh, the mickey slightly in a gentle way out of me for looking back to an era of 4-4-2 and flying wingers, and I do fall foul of that, I, I, I admit it because it's the kind of attacking brand of football that you want to see from your club. It represents possibly the past, but as I'm driving past the, past the vast blocks of flats of Canary Wharf and the HSBC and Barclays Towers, I'm also aware that we've got to adapt to the future somehow. Maybe we should call this section of the show, sitting in the car with Nick, driving to the football, trying not to have a moan. It also gives me a chance to try out my new Lavalier microphone, which I'm hoping gives decent sound quality. You'll have to be the judge of this, listeners, so do give me feedback on, on this section of the show, particularly the driving in the car with Nick Park, um, because this is like a, it's like a tie clip type microphone, so it won't have the power or the, the quality of the full mic that I use when I do my illicit recordings within the ground. Um, but see what it sounds like. If it's usable, we'll go with it again. If it's not, well, we'll give it up. You tell me. Just driving past the, the Mission, which is like a seafarer's society at Limehouse. Just coming down towards the Rotherhive Tunnel now. What's today's mission? Jesus, today's mission's got to be restore some pride to our football club. There's been two embarrassing defeats in a week, in a, a series of embarrassing defeats that just don't seem to be getting any better. Blokes just running in front of me trying to dance with death as fat old uh, git trying to run across the road here. The man not built for speed and he's trying to run across the commercial road with traffic flying out in all directions. Um, yeah, what's today's mission? Today's mission is to restore pride in our football club. Win, lose or draw, whatever the results, whatever team that Holloway puts out, we need to come off that pitch today feeling like we've given everything that's been, that we have to give. Now, we're up against a decent side today. <clears throat> uh, Ipswich have got some good players, and they're going to come at us. They see us as weak and wounded, and we've got to put up a fight. Even if they do defeat us, as is a strong possibility, we've got to have given them as hard a time as they possibly can have. 
And if this Millwall team can do that, as I descend into the depths of the rubber hive tunnel, then I, for one, will go home happier than I have been for some considerable time at our club. Because this is the thing that I don't think many people get about Millwall fans. Win, lose or draw, we, we, we're used to that. You're not a Millwall fan for the glory of it, are you? You are here because it represents something slightly deeper than just, um, I don't know, so the momentary victory, if you like. Yeah, everyone wants to win, no one wants to lose, that's for sure. But it is about how you play and how you conduct yourself. And all the great Mill heroes have been probably technically limited players. I'd argue that possibly Neil Harris in his prime was a, a better quality player than, than, than most. But if you're looking at the likes of, um, of Kitsch, of Cripps, of Rhino and the like, these were players that were, will give you everything, will shed blood for you. May not have been the most gifted, although Kitch I think was a fairly decent young defender when he was when he was when he first arrived. But they were players that would give you everything for the for the club. They would shed blood, as I say, and that is what Mill fans look for. And if you give them that, take Jimmy Agdo as probably the classic example, a limited player who we, we all know is not going to outpass the opposition, but the man does not stop running and he doesn't he doesn't give it up. And that, if you want it in an essence, that is what Millwall fans want. Any player that comes into the club needs to have that drilled into them. Give them that commitment, that desire, that 100% um, passion, and the Mill fans will give you a fair crack of the whip. Give them old bollocks, give them double dealing, and give them lazy kind of uh, lazy attitudes, like some have been, and yeah, you're going to draw flack. Now, sometimes that spills over into unfair zones, because I've been reading online in the week that Lee Gregory and his family, particularly his girlfriend and his, and his family, have been drawing abuse at the away uh, the way match at Bradford, which is unacceptable and unforgivable, but focus it on those that do need it. And, and to be fair to Holloway, who I've come to disagree with on many many um, aspects of what he's done, but he's he's been let down, as, as has been said in the week, has been let down by his players, by this squad, and really that's where the anger deserves to be focused today, if indeed we get another show like we've had. We shall see. So we're in the heartland. I'm just driving along Southwark Park Road at the moment, coming down from the Jamaica Road end. Beautiful sunny day in Bermondsey, place of my birth, place of probably your birth too, many of us, many of our births. Let's have a look and see how many are outside the ancient forests. I'm just coming up to the railway tunnel now. We'll have a look and see how many are going to drink outside the forests. That's always a good guide to where there's a big crowd coming today. Let's have a quick look. There's a couple of blokes outside, there's what, five, six blokes. What's the time now? Coming up for ten past two. I'm going to predict a very average crowd today. I don't know how many Ipswich are coming down. There was rumours on Twitter that they're bringing a couple of thousand people down. And why not? They're going well. Easy enough place to get to. Yeah, there's about six or seven lurking smokers outside the foresters. Inside, can't see, can't see. Not expecting a huge crowd then, listeners, not, not on the Millwall front anyway. So I was just walking along Verney Road, just walking and, and flicking through Twitter as, as one does nowadays. So there's the team news. Massive changes, massive, massive, massive changes, listeners. Um, you can't fault Holloway for trying to reshuffle the pack each time that there's a disaster. Um, whether the, the reshuffles and the disasters go hand in hand, we don't know, but. Here's the team, folding goal. Then we've got Sean Cummings, Sid Nelson, captain, Byron Webster, 
and Harding. I can't remember his, his first name. There's going to be so many new names in this team that we're going to be stuck for uh, first names for a little while. So Cummings, Nelson, Webster and Harding across the defence. They're in midfield. 4-4-2, incidentally. There's another thing for you. That's the um, that's a year's worth of tactics uh, got in one, one fell sh uh, swoop. So we've got Fabrini, the new signing, Watford. Very highly uh, rated. Italian international on one occasion. Jimmy Addu and Jack Powell forming the midfield. Um, Maguire Gray over on the, uh, the right-hand side. In the front two of Stefan Mayhofer, who's returned to the den today. And Lee Gregory, 4-4-2. Who would have thought that? That, that, is, that is a dramatic change. On the bench, we've got King, the, the mystery goalkeeper, King, alternate goalkeeper. Danny Shittu, Wilkinson, Lee Martin, Martin Walford, Scott McDonald, and Fuller. There's a few high-profile casualties from uh, the previous first choices to now sit on the bench. And kids are involved, and new signings. New start, we shall see. So here we are inside the den, listeners. Just reading for a few tweets about today's lineup. Um, Katie says that Nelson is captain. Sid Nelson's captain because he's done nothing but show up for the older players. Nothing but show up the older players, excuse me. He has passion and always puts a shift in, and he certainly does that, Katie. I agree with you there, darling. Cockpiss Millwall, yes, that really is his name, um, says, Oi, Millwall players, this is Rhino. It's a picture of Rhino in the LDDC early 80s kit. I saw him once make a tackle with his head during a nothing auto-windscrew auto shield cup game. Over to you, boys. Harry Brooks says, now that's a team I'm pleased to see. I think the general consensus around the, the ground is that that is a shrewd and welcome team selection. And Emma, Emma Jane Baldwin says, just shows how ashamed the other should be. A 19-year-old boy walks into the squad and takes the armband. Fully deserved too. Good point, Emma. Very, very good point. They should be ashamed of themselves, shouldn't they? Kate Murray's asking, what is this man doing at my football club? And I hope that's supposed to be an Ipswich scarf. Portillo out. Michael Portillo seen at the ground earlier on. I imagine doing one of his railway programmes. Um, a blue and white scarf on him. I don't know if that's a Millwall scarf or an Ipswich scarf. Who knows? Who cares? Come on, you lion, says Sid Nelson on his Twitter feed. Fantastic. What a boy. What a boy. Come on, you lions indeed, Sid. All the best today, mate. I know a lot of good luck tweets flying around on Twitter at the moment for you, mate. Everyone today is going to be behind you, that's for sure. This is Millwall says, what do you think of Alan Dunn? Drop today. The man cares about the club, shows his class by tweeting to get behind this team and Sid Nelson. Contrast that with others who play Monopoly. Very, very good point. Here it is. This is the tweet from Alan Dunn. Good luck to the boys and the debutants. Let's get behind them. And to Sid Nelson being captain. Three points, Alan Dunn says. Top class, says Graham says. That is top, top class by Dunny there. Got to take your hat off for that. And just on the other side of the coin, possibly equally as good a point, is Danny King says you can't make a kid as young as Sid Nelson captain. Holloway has lost the plot completely. Well, we're going to see, Danny. We're going to see. I know what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Equally, the state of play as it is at this club, desperate times call for desperate measures, don't they? So we're going to we'll shortly find out. The man in block 11 says Sid Nelson as captain. This is the action of a man who, say, who thinks saying fuck off you cunts to the senior squad might be a little bit too subtle. So, he's right. It's a massive, massive message to the rest of this squad here today. That's for sure. 
blimey, we've got a, a kids' choir from Uganda. That's pre-match entertainment. What are we going to get here, listeners? Let's have a, let's have a quick gander, shall we? I thought for a minute Dino Stanley was going to join in with him. It's... It's, it's not them singing this. They're doing like a dance routine. Oh, I think this is an acquired taste, listeners. That's enough of that, I think. My wife will be ripping in me for taking the nick out of this, listeners. I better shut Post on Hoffy by Red Lion saying that Ian Holloway <clears throat> has bottled his, or cut out, bottled his harsh, let's say cut out his pre-match executive lounge speech before the game in which he discloses his team is thinking behind it. Make of that what you will, as the man says. So here's Dino standing with a middle line-up. Let you listen to it. Tier of Ipswich fans, listeners, and they're letting them into the bottom middle tier and some of the back rows under maximum security, orange jacketed wise steward guard. About four of them keep them all at bay. Good turnout from Ipswich, as you'd expect. They're doing well in the league, aren't they? Going very, very well. Going to be a tough, tough game for us today, listeners. Here come the teams, listeners. Another sparse looking Millwall crowd here today. Got to be said. Massive test for Millwall, massive test. What are we going to get? We've got a 4-4-2 turnout today. A lot of youngsters, a lot of newcomers, they deserve support. It's a brave choice. A lot of blokes being left out of this. There's a huge message being sent by Ian Holloway there. What are we going to get? Peter Garston, speaking on Lions Live in the week, asked for 15 minutes. I bet they deserve a little bit more than 15 minutes, in all fairness. This is a, a very young, untried and you know, reversion back to basics kind of tactical approach. So it deserves more than 15 minutes. I think it's going to be, it's the amount of spirit that's shown today. That's going to be the, the critical thing. If we get a sense that there's a bit of spirit about this team, I think they'll get a lot more than 15 minutes. If it's the same, as, it's the same old, same old, then probably not. Who knows? Now you have to forgive me today. This is a lot of new faces and I don't know them instinctively, so I'll do my best on your behalf. But then if it's accuracy, you want you really are going to tune into this show if it's proper sports comment and accurate reporting, which you wouldn't want beer. You don't want that, do you? You want a meal wall show. I hope that's what we'll give you. Here we go. Teams lining up. Let's switch team in the huddle. We're all ready to go. Wearing an all-orange, Dutch kind of orange and black style kit. And away we go. We'll kick it off. 4-4-2. Four, four, 
in a while since I've seen that. It's Fabrini on the edge of the Ipswich penalty. A nice close control. He gets a shot, bounces up. Mohover can't jump for Toffee. Comes back to Fabrini. Oh, he's missed it. Point blank shot from the penalty area. Two minutes gone. First chance in about six months from Millwall. Unlucky. This is on the attack. Bobbling around the penalty area. Rolls through. It's across the goal. It's 1 0. Fucking hell. First attack of the game, listeners. Ball not cleared adequately. Bobbling around the penalty area and kind of softly slotted on. The mill start hasn't been that bad. They have a good chance. Um, first chance of the game that Ipswich have created. And that's hard. That is hard. Four minutes. Ipswich drawing a lot of early decisions here, listeners, that's for sure. Another free kick for them just on the. That's five yards inside the mill half, over on the far left, as I look. And it comes. My half clears after a fashion. Fabrini takes a tumble, no decision. And we don't get that. He went over like a, a, a deck of cards there. Ball's flying around the mill penalty area again. Headed clear by Addu. It's Fabrini, number eight. Looks like he's got good, good ball skills, listeners. Plays it wide towards uh, Cummings. Can't find Fabrini back, but they'll get the ball back with Gway. Now back to Cummings. Tenth minute of the game, listeners, and what we make of it so far? A lot more spirit about the mill side. We're 1-0 down, that's for sure. But we are not looking like we don't give a shit. And I'll call that progress, don't you? Look, Ipswich under a bit of pressure here. Whams when you get a bit of pressure on Ipswich, listeners. The referee blows the whistle to break it up. Come for the 13th minute of the match. Ipswich cross into the box. Oh, that was across the face of the middle goal. 17's got a shot on goal. Bobbing around, it's 2-0. 2-0. Cross the face of the middle goal to the goal to the strike on the far left-hand side of the goal. Slammed it home. Uh, the ball was flying backwards and forwards across that goal there. Really, at some stage, someone's going to get on the end of it. That's Mill nil, Ipswich 2. Got a little mob of coppers down um, bottom left from where I'm sitting. I sit in block one. And uh, having a right old look at the bloke next to me. That's really a big, massive problem in this world, listeners. We've got Islamic State running around shooting people up in France. We've got all sorts of problems in this country. And what needs to be done, you need to chuck out a few bucks having a bit of an F and a bit of a blind at their football club who are getting beaten yet again. So they're having a good look up there anyway at the moment. Good luck to them. Not. Ironic cheers for Dave Ford, who just took across, listeners. There's the 15th minute of the game. The magic 15th minute we were asked to give to this team. I think they're going to get a bit more than 15 minutes, in all fairness to them. The team that's out there are giving everything they've got to give. And that's all you can ask at the moment. That said, we're two goals behind to a very decent-looking side. Fabrini bundled off the ball again. Drawing nothing off this referee. Absolutely nothing. It's about the third time he's been bundled off the ball and not got drawn so much as a free kick. Long ball into his mail off who beaten in the air. How does a man six foot five get beaten in the air, listeners? They've signed this player Diego Fabrini from Watford on a 93-day loan to the end of the season. He's looked pretty good so far. He's an Italian from Udinese. He played for the Italian national side apparently on one occasion. And so far as I can tell, and then maybe you listeners out there can tell me different, but I can't find it. If so, he's the only Italian national ever to play for Millwall. 
I've had a quick look through. We've had um, Federico Bissoni, who sounds Italian, but he's actually an Argentine. He's a left back, signed of all places from the Sporting Kansas City in 2013-14. Played once and had one substitute appearance. And we also had, um, of course, Giovanni Savarese, a legendary figure, who played one non-playing substitute appearance for us back in 2001-2. Apart from that, I can't find many Italian or Italian-sounding players. Happy to take suggestions on that. Why not call it in? Got nothing else to do. Call it in at our voicemail. 0208 0232. No one calls it anymore, listeners. What's the matter with us? Call it in. How many Italians can you think of? The only other Italian I could think of that was anything related to me was Manzi's. Manzi's pie and mash shop. It's not quite the same thing, is it? And it comes from Jack Powell, Amy Charles Mayhofer. We don't win the ball again. Or did he? You know, it was a misdirected... Uh, <laughs> he did win it. <laughs> but it was just so poorly directed that I thought the uh, Ipswich player had actually got his head under it first. And put it behind for a corner, but it's not a corner, it's a goal kick. So that shows the measure of Stefan Mayhofer's abilities in the air. 20 minutes gone and we are behind, deservedly so. We're under the cosh. But we are playing with a little bit more spirit, drive and spine, it's got to be said at the moment. Ball bobbling around Mill penalty here again, it's desperately cleared. The 18's got the ball at central, Ipswich still got a, a chance, that's an overhead shot. It's going to be a corner blocked by Mill player, challenging the overhead shot there. 21, 22 minutes on the clock, going to be an Ipswich corner. They look dangerous every time they're going forwards into our penalty area, listeners. They look like they can get goals pretty much at will. Ball comes across, bouncing around, it's going to be another corner. Second corner in succession, and it comes again. Clear, the 18's got it on the edge of the box. He sends a bunt, bobbling um, shot come, whatever it was, and the close-range header from their striker taken on the line by David Fall to avert the third goal. Coming towards the half an hour mark. So I was doing a few notes for the show last night, trying to think of a few things that uh, might be appropriate for the gravity of the situation that we're in. Plummeting towards the bottom of the table, as matters stand. And um, what I found was from a bloke called Ray Crock, who um, listeners might know as the bloke who founded McDonald's all those years ago, just as a small-time hamburger joint turned into the multi-million, billion-dollar corporation. It goes Mayhofer down the wing. He cuts inside. Still got the ball. Gray. Abdul shot his scuff wide. 33rd minute. Nice run by Mayhofer there. And cut back. Unfortunately, felt the wrong man in Jimmy Abdu there. So, yeah, um, Ray Crock um, says you're only as good as the people that you hire. In other words, you're only as good as the employees that you take on. A lot of flack been going Holloway's way of late, and justifiably so in some respects, his manager. But it is only down to the people that you take on or our employees. You're only as good as the man that shows up on the doorstep in what we might call private life. And here comes Ipswich on the attack. 11 wide, shot across, goal, fuck me, back again, oh, that's wide, 34th minute wide, there's another chance there, at switch. what was I saying, what was I waffling them about, fuck knows what I was waffling them about, I don't know what that was all about, I'm looking, I'm transfixed by the hawk that scares off the pigeons, it's kind of hoisted above your way, and there's a hawk, I thought for a minute it was a real hawk, but it's not, it's just a dummy hawk, how stupid are pigeons to fall for that? That's stupid as half our squad, perhaps. Webster pull falls over, isn't that a nine through on goal? 
puts it about four yards wide when there were players screaming for either side of him. That was self-indulgent for them. That would have been 3-0 game well and truly over. 35th minute of the game, there's a mistake by Byron Webster. Fell over with a man in front of him. Idris Blackham down after a head-to-head challenge with Jimmy Abdu, challenging for a high ball on the halfway line. He's now acting like he's been shot. This might be what the game needs, listeners. We, we, it's, it's been a slightly drifty sense the last 20-odd minutes, like an acceptance of defeat. What we need is a, an uproar. We need an incident. Somebody get the fire behind this crowd, which is dead at the moment. At the moment, they're having a right old go at this Ipswich player, as you can hear. Maybe that's what we need. We need some kind of injustice, something. 2-0 down, we're going to need something to get, get behind. There's a long ball forward, trying to find... McGuire Gray! It's a goal! 2-1! Fantastic! Long ball away, McGuire Gray! Long ball forward, headed down. Found Gray in top of the area. He shot with it in off the post. That's 2-1 Millwall. Hope glimmers, listeners. And as we all know, it's the hope that kills you. 42nd minute of the game, we're back in it. Crowd interested listeners. Jimmy put himself physically on the line there, ball probably around the Ipswich penalty area. Crowd into this now, as you can hear. This is what they want blood and thunder. Give the middle crowd a bit of blood and thunder and they'll back you all the way to hell and back. We keep them out to half time, 2 1. Get back in the dressing room, give them a bit of a fire up in their belly at half time. Who knows what's possible? Me. This is why we turn up every fortnight, we start bleeding all that old crap, don't we? Anyway, 4-4-2 looks a little bit more settled. I know some will argue with me on that point. I just think we, we look more comfortable in that role. Our players look more comfortable. Come out of the second half and play it hard and fast. Let's get at them. Get the crowd into it. We're going to be attacking the cold blow lane end. Long goal from Ipswich and all that will be so much old hot air. Long ball. Beautiful take by Lee Gregory gets fouled. Was a, that was a straight punt, not given. Fuck me. Fuck me. That was a beautiful take by Lee Gregory. We got classified by the Ipswich defender. Just a straightforward punt out from David Gregory. Took it in his stride. It was fantastic skill. No free kick though. Ball kicking around over on the far right hand side. It's a scuffle. But scuffles a lot better than what we've had recently, listeners. Looking brighter at the finish of the half now. Probably come up the last minute of this first half. There's a half. That's better Millwall. Two run down. We were looking a little bit of drift for the last chunk of that first half. The late goal has put us back in it. And hope gleams. Hope gleams, listeners, as we go off for half time. There you go. Balls for the Mill teams they leave the pitch now. Can you hear that? Got Bonnie back in. They got back in. There's the referee though. back after these messages you're listening to Achtung Millwall hello Bob you were at the ground early today yeah hello Terry I always get here early in my seat because I want the best view of the lines on the pitch the only problem is I get here so early I get bored. 
I'll tell you what you need to do. Get a copy of CBL magazine. That'll pass the time before kickoff. It's a great read and full of superb articles all about Millwall. What a great idea. How much is it? It's only two quid and a great deal of that goes to charity. Lovely jubbly. Where can I pick up a copy? Pick one up from Nick Hart at the Zepa Road Gate. He's here before every home game. Cheers, Tell. I'll never get bored before a game again. CBL Magazine. On sale before every home match at the Zampa Road Gate. Just £2. Get your copy now. A few tweets for you at half-time, listeners. There's a, a spoof kind of breaking news story on Sky News here from a, a retweet by Jane Jacob that Mill have scored. Breaking news, Mill have scored. Halfway line says first half performance lacks shape and confidence, but you can't question the team's desire. No, you can't, that's for sure. Andrew Parker responds to that, says that what worries me is we gifted them two goals and you couldn't fault the uh, effort and desire for either side, for either, for either goal. We just defended like a pub team, which is um, true but harsh because this is a collection of newly um, introduced individuals for the most part. But nevertheless, for me, we looked, we looked, we looked better. Interesting tweet by Alex Aldridge here. It says you'll be surprised to hear the referee has given most 50-50 and 50-50 decisions. Ipswich Townsway, I think surprised in the ironic sense there. And those who have seen replay say there's a whiff of offside about the goals. I can't tell you about offside. Too far away and um, obviously no, no, no replay on our uh, gallows screen at the moment. Murph Payne says, you know what, keep the same starting 11, Mill starting 11 and formation for the next game if possible. Whatever the result, the only, it's the only way to progress and so it is, Murph, that's true. There we go. Ipswich attacking the away end. Mill will be driving towards the cold blow lane end, second half. Comes Ipswich on the break, 46 minute. 16's coming down the left-hand side. He floats across in that... Almost falls to their strike in front of goal. Fuck me. Still bobbing around. And Mill clear it today. Not quite. They scuff it clear. Abdu's challenging. Ball's punted high. Full takes. Mill's defending there. Looked a little bit amateur out. Referee's given us no change whatsoever. Nothing new. But he never gets any easier to see. Scruffy start to second half. This is, I've seen more class than Metropolis nightclub on Hackney Road. But we're still competing, that's for sure. Crowd are in, uh, behind the, the Lions. We've given it all we've got to give. That's all we can ask. Crowd getting behind the Lions, as you can hear. I'm not sure what Diego Fabrini's making of today's, today's performance so far. It's all long ball. It must be like he's come from the, uh, you know, the, the Venice Art Galleries into a Ladbrokes betting shop on the Old Kent Road. Massive shots for, for Lee Gregory breakthrough there for handball against Ipswich players. We're not going to get that, I don't think, today, listeners. This referee don't give much our way. It goes to Hoff down the left, beating to the ball there. Mill throwing. 55 minutes, listeners. First time the Dens felt like the Den a little while. We're still behind. But there was fire and vim being shown. And Lee Martin has got McDonald warming up down below us here in the West Stand. We'll see either today. Come up for the 60th minute of the game. Every time they go forwards, the ball seems to ping around our penalty area. And since it's quite worrying to see, but we are still clinging on for grim death at the moment. Two-one down, but we're still in the game. 61 minutes gone. Sid Nelson telling the pushing the bloke off the pitch. 
<laughs> this boy has got spunk about him. I'll tell you what, listeners. He is mill through and through. The uh, Ipswich player has been substituted and he's trying to take his time to clap these away fans. Stroll off. Who's just coming in now? This is Lee Martin coming in for Fabrini. Get a good round of applause. He's looked a little bit quiet of late, Fabrini. Started well. Highly skillful player. Lee Martin's coming into the game. Referee's having a word with Sid Nelson. Probably telling him I'll take care of all that nonsense, but you've got to ride this boy's vim, I'll tell you what. 20 minutes to go, listeners. It's been a lot more aerial, it's a lot more kind of um, old school, up in the air, up and at him. But we're still only that single goal behind. And we're looking like we've got a bit more fire in our belly. That's a good tackle there by uh, Cummings. Put the foot in there where it hurt, and won it. Good boy. It's just on the break, the two's through. There's a goal. 14 minutes to go. Hard on Millwall. They do look dangerous when they go forwards. It was just a simple kind of um, breakaway. The, the two was through quite easily and taps it on the inside post as he broke forwards. 3 1 Ipswich. Stewart's involved. Copper's involved over on the far side from where I'm sitting. I can't tell you much about what's going on there. Something to do with the um, one of the boxes, I think. Stewart's upstairs. Stewart's downstairs. Copper's going over there. 12 minutes left on the clock. Don't ask me what's going on. There's just a load of high-vis jackets milling around over there in the melee. <laughs> Only at Millwall. Uh, there's one of the corporate boxes. Looks like it's kicked off over there. A couple of stewards got in there. Blokes from the next door. Boxer having a dig at a copper. If she's fancying that Holloway's going to get sacked in the morning, I, I don't think he is. Um, this, this performance has been what was required. No, we know the result's not going to go our way now. We've got nine minutes on the clock. We're two goals behind to what looks like a fairly decent side, so we're not going to get anything out of this. He's not going to get sacked in the morning. Um, I think we're here. he's here for the remainder of the season. I think when John Berylson gives you a um, the dreaded vote of confidence, as they call it, it, it means what it says on the tin. He, he's not um, a devious man. I think he does back Ian Holloway, and he will see it through, whether we be in a championship or in, in the League One next season. Last three minutes of the game. It's a shame, the game's drifting a little bit now. Um, obviously, the third goal's killed us off. Um, we've shown some, some fire, and that was all that we asked out of today, wasn't it? That Mill team plays like a Mill team, win, lose, or draw. And that's what we've got. So, no one can fault that. We'll probably have to have a, a talk about the tactics and whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing to do. The way we've approached it has been far more direct than we've seen in a long time, but we're using the uh, weaponry available to us, the uh, tallness of, of Mayhofer up front, Gregory's ability to take balls in his stride has been something that's quite notable today. Gway's looked pretty good, I think, on the, on the right-hand side for me. Uh, Fabrini shows a lot of promise. First game in for him, so um, he only got about an hour or so. Defensively, we still look a little bit frail, but then these are a bunch of guys that have probably never met each other in their lives until this week. We, we haven't cleared the ball particularly well today at times. That said, the whole thing has a bit more logic to it, a little bit more coherence to it, and um, for that reason alone, we can take something away from today. There's, there's potential with this lineup. There's more potential in it than we've seen from some of the previous variations on the theme that we've had so far this season. Um, I do think consistency of selections is going to be important. If this is the team, stick with it, keep with it. Don't vary it unless there's injuries or suspensions that are required. Will we get that? Well, I'm showing five minutes up on my clock. Listeners, this probably will be it now. There it goes. 
That's the game, ladies and gentlemen. Millwall 1, Ipswich Town 3. Some live rules for that, as you can hear. Um, and rightly so. I think Mill showed more fight, more structure, more spirit, more of everything that you want out of a Mill side. Yeah, we got beaten by a decent team. I think Ipswich looked a dangerous side all afternoon. I think they, uh, they will rightly take the three points. But we showed more metal, and that was all that we really were looking for out of this game today. So well done, Holloway, for the brave selection. Well done, that, that Mill team. Well done, Sid Nelson, who defended with all of his heart out there today. And um, we'll be back after these messages with Craig Griffiths to discuss the uh, day's events. We'll be right back. This is Octoon Millwall Radio. Stay tuned for more Millwall conversation after these messages. Big welcome to the show to Craig Griffiths. Welcome back, Craig. It's been a little while since we've talked to you, mate. How you doing? <laughs> I'm fucking cold. I'm, I've, had a, I've had a journey from hell home. The rubber uh, tunnel got shut. And I'm about an hour and a half later than um, I wanted to be. So apart from that, I'm fine. Apart from a three-one defeat. Yeah, well, I, uh, <laughs> I was in Bristol. I couldn't go to the game, but uh, no. I managed to catch catch the second half indoors, or most of the second half indoors on a stream. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly warmer than most people coming home tonight. I imagine. I'm going to throw a word around that's been used a couple of times this week, and kind of it, it was seemed to be the word of the day for me looking at, at today's events. Dysfunctional. We've got a dysfunctional Mill family. Um, total change of tactics today. Four four two. It was. I mean, a, a completely um, revamped side. I mean, there's only one or two that were, you know, kind of carry on from the previous turnout. Ford in in goal and um, uh, Gregory. Uh, I suppose Abdu in midfield. Apart from that, it was a, it was a, a total, you know, totally different mm. starting eleven. Um, I, I said before the game, I admired um, Holloway's bravery. But where does bravery stop and madness begins? Is is a fine line between the two, isn't there? There is. I mean, everyone thought he was mad when he started, so maybe he's gone from mad to being brave. Who knows? Maybe it's, it's, I, th- I have to admire the fact that in the face of everything, yeah, he's always been up front. Whether he's contradicted himself, which he has loads of times and stuff like that, but he's always been up front and faced up to fans. At Bradford, there was an episode apparently where he came out and spoke to spoke to fans yeah. outside the coach. Saw that. Um, yeah, he's he's always done that, and he's and he's still here. You know, everyone's expecting him to walk months ago, but yeah. he's still here, and he's he's determined to to do something with this club. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's determined to put some kind of stamp on it. I was interested. I was just before I phoned you tonight. I was just playing the um the BBC clip. They had like an interview, post match interview with him after today's three um, one loss. Mm. And he's you know again he's reiterated his determination to see through his contract, which I think is a two and a half year deal now. So you know in the face of relegation, he's committed to be here. Um, the chairman's backed him, um, giving him that what for some would be a dreaded vote of confidence, but. I mean, I, I think John Berylson's vote of confidence means what it what it says in the tin, doesn't it? I think yeah, that does mean that he backs him. He's he's very much an, uh, an American style owner in the in the terms of American sports. They um, American sports owners, if you look at the NFL and stuff like that, they very rarely make knee jerk reactions. Um, they tend to stick to coaches for uh, a, a a set 
number of time, which is usually their contract. And in the last year of their contract, that's the only time it ever comes up for review, really, yeah. uh, unless teams have performed really badly. The interesting thing that hasn't happened at the club or hasn't come into question at the club, which usually happens at those sort of American clubs, is not only the coach comes into question, but the uh, sort of the general manager or the managing director, or in our case, which would be Andy Ambler, would also come into question in terms of getting players. And that's, I know some people don't like Ambler being blamed for anything or everything, depending on who you talk to. Um, but he is one of the common factors throughout the three managers we've had, as well as all the players. So, I, you know, it would be interesting to see if Ollie went, if Ambler would go with him. That's an interesting point because, you know, we've all been looking for continuity from what we might call the decline of Mill since promotion. We've been on a general decline to the current position where we are not quite at rock bottom in the lead table, but certainly rock bottom in terms of morale and um, I don't know, just the general outlook of the club. And, you know, we're looking for players that have been through there and, and a lot of names have been banded around. Alan Dunn, David Ford, you, you know, you, we can all name our names as to who's responsible, but you're right. Andy Ambler has also been a common factor in this. And what we're really talking about at, at times is a, a group of players um, who just purely don't seem to get along with the manager. Who knows how much they get along with each other? I don't know. I mean, there was a bizarre um, paranoid type of um, uh, conversation with, with Holloway on Lions player in the week, Craig, where he's, he's almost um, kind of alleging a, a plot to, to oust him amongst a group of players. And it, was, it reminded me of, um, I don't know why it reminded me of David Bowie's um, 1974 trip to America, where there's a famous scene, he's in, the, he's in the back of a limo, clearly off his head on something, and he's worrying about a helicopter that might be following the, the limo, that might be the uh, CIA after him, you know. And um, I don't know why it put me in mind of that, but it did. Paranoia, you know. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's funny because a lot of people said um, when Lomas was manager that all the players knew he was not liked by the fans from day one. He, he had an uphill struggle from day one. Um, and a few people said then that it was easy for the players to essentially not play for Lomas because that they knew that he was going to be the one to blame. Yeah, I think the statement from John Berylson was probably the most important thing in this whole situation where he's basically given Holloway a clean slate to say, right, you want to get rid of any bad eggs, get rid of them. That's yeah. fine. We'll back you for that. Get the new ones in. That's fine. So now the, the power has no, lo no longer gone to the players. They're going to be looking at the fact that they're going to be out of contract. Yes, they'll get a payoff, but if they haven't been performing, they'll be known as getting kicked out by a team that's in disarray. I mean, that's, not yeah. going to look good on any resume, so maybe, maybe it'll get them playing, uh, or at least get the bad, get bad eggs off the books. Well, today was a show of power, wasn't it? I mean, you know, the the four four two lineup with, um, I mean, a group of strangers to each other in defence. I mean, we've got Harding, Nelson, Webster, and Cummings. Um, I mean, that they, <laughs> I'm sure, until last week they'd never met each other in their lives, apart from mm. Sid and Byron Webster, of course. Um, and then up, you know, in the midfield, Gray starting, Abdu and Powell as a as a um, as a twosome in the in the in the, in the centre, and um, Fabrini over on um, on the wing. Uh, again, you know, there's a group of players that probably wouldn't have expected to have started, and probably haven't worked up a a strong rapport between themselves. Why would they've had to? You know. Yeah. Well, if 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 someone had said to you, right, we're going to take eleven championship players of varying quality and varying ages, uh, we're going to 
randomly select them, but they're going to be of certain positions. We're going to put them into a 4-4-2 team, and we're going to play against a team that's been building for two years and is currently aiming to go uh, up through automatic promotion. Yeah. And they lost 3-1. Would you go, oh, that's a fair result, or would you say... Oh no, that's that's clearly the manager's fault and all like that. It's the manager's fault that we're in the and Ambler's and lots of people's fault that we're in the situation that we've got to that stage. Yeah. But in terms of if you look at the objectively at the single result, three one's probably not that bad. I mean, we would have expected that, even even with the what you might have called your original first choice starting eleven. I mean, I've written down in my notes here that the game is notable for who didn't play or didn't who didn't appear on the horizon even. Um, as as to who did play, which is you know is what we're all talking about. But I mean, the, the Scott McDonald running up and down, warming up on the on the lines. They didn't feature at all. Um, a very well paid, high profile championship player. Um, you know, Ed Upson's posting on Twitter about being the invisible man. He wasn't even in, on on the horizon today. An- Angel Martinez nowhere in sight today. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, we we you know. It, he doesn't exist, Nick. Uh, he's, he's a figment even about. Angel does. I've seen him. I know Angel exists. Uh, Upson, I know exists. I've seen him. Um, but it's it, it's it, it's it's a chaotic situation. I think today was a show of power, as I, as I said earlier on, because you know the, these are players that you would have expected to at their at their at their you know their, with their prowess, you'd expect them to be starting, and as it is. You know, they're being edged out by, you know, to be edged out by Jimmy Abdu, no disrespect to Jimmy, if you're a midfielder, you'd say, well, that's that's a fair insult in some respect, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you could say that, but then you look at Jimmy Abdu's connection with the fans in his performance, he saw him geeing up the fans, sort of, well, I saw him towards the end geeing up the fans when we got the corner. Um, you know, you'd, you'd have loved anyone but Jimmy Abdu to get the three chances that he had. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And I'm sure if if the problem with Jimmy Abdu is if he could finish or if he could you know um, have that little edge to his game, he wouldn't be a Millwall player. No, 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 you're that's, right. No. That's that's the paradox of Jimmy Abdu. He is just bad enough to be left at Millwall. <laughs> That reminds me of one of Ron Atkinson's old after dinner <laughs> jokes, you know, that if there was any good, they wouldn't be playing here when, when, when ball exactly. out. You know? <laughs> I mean, defensively, we look shaky today. I, I mean, I, I think that's understandable. Sid Nelson, named as captain, I think was a fairly shrewd political move by Ian Holloway in a day where, you know, uh, who knows what protests may have happened if the same had happened as happened at, at Valley Parade and Bloomfield Road. So to name a, a Millwall boy through and through um, as as club captain in, at the age of nineteen had its politics as well as its um, debatable football. Um, Absolutely, it's, it's a decision politics. that won't be uh, that I don't think will go against Holloway yet. But if he doesn't stick with him, if we see next week that he's changed the, the starting lineup again and doesn't, you know, keep the partnership, keep Webster and Nelson getting us to know each other. Maybe one works better on the other side or whatever, but keep the back four as it is. Yeah, I mean we've got to. There's, there's got to be some consistency here, Craig, isn't there? I mean, exactly. You know, we've, we've reshuffled the cards yet again today. We've reshuffled tactically and the starting eleven. And I, you know, to sum the today's game up, it was it was an it wasn't an unexpected result, but the performance was 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 just about good enough for us to walk out. Um, you know, there was light applause for the for the team at the end, and I think that was probably about fair because there was effort shown and spirit. And that's been sadly lacking from from recent performances. Yeah, exactly. That's that's 
This, that's the bare minimum we ask for. All we ask for is that your blood, sweat and tears are left on the pitch. Um, whether we win or not, yeah, we'll get back to that. But that's the minimum that most fans tend to ask for from, from Millwall. Um, it, it is too much for some people, uh, yep. um, unfortunately. But um, There we are. But, but yeah. that, that, that's it. But it, it does take consistency. P- players and teams are all about relationships. You, you can tell with some of Ipswich's play that they're looking for the run and making run. Those, those, um, the third goal in particular, um, I mean, Freddie Sears hadn't been there long. Um, yeah. He was the one who provided the pass, but he was, it was done on the basis that, that those runs are going to be made and they know they're going to be made and stuff like that. They know who they're playing with. Our team, like I said, have probably met each other on the bus. Yeah. I mean, you know, to that no, no, you're, you're right. I mean, this is how it's worked out. I mean, I, I thought Ipswich looked a fairly decent side, a decent unit. Um, someone tweeted, "There's no superstars in McMcCarthy's teams," and that's probably right. But then they looked useful. They looked quick, like many many teams that we play in this league are. They moved the ball well, and they, and they were more than our measure. That's that's for sure. Um, I mean, defensively, I, I thought that Nelson did did well. I mean, he's, he is young; he's still learning his trade, and he's up against experienced championship pros here. So, I thought he did well enough today to be given the captain's armband as well. Was quite a responsibility on him. Webster, I thought, looked a little shaky at times. Some, he made some errors. He made some mistakes. I'm, I'm not going to coach him at this stage because he hasn't had that many starts. But he just looked a little bit off the pace today. I thought. Yeah, but but it again. Webster's been how how many games has Webster been thrown into that is in a he's as far as I know he's always been in the situation where we've had three at the back. It's been Webster's been thrown yeah. into that situation. Yeah, um, he's sort of been thrown on as almost like um, throwing his toys out the pram where Holloway is, is is pissed off with the rest of the team. He's like, right, we'll get Webster in. That will show you. Yeah, uh, and then you know he's he's. Uh, I imagine he's played. I haven't actually seen the stats, but I imagine he's played with every other centre back in terms of a partnership. So um, you can't. I can't fault in the same way that I can't fault Gregory for not scoring for not having a regular partner. No, you can't necessarily uh, attack Webster for not defending if he hasn't got a regular relationship and a regular partner. It's it's a, it's a similar principle. No, entirely. I mean, the two new boys, Cummings and Harding, I mean, Cummings impressed me more than Harding today. I thought Harding looked a little bit lost, but then there's perfectly justifiable reasons. And again, I'm not I'm not digging out either, either player there because they are strangers to each other. Mm. And that's the, that's, this is their first opportunity to play competitive football in the same team. So, you know, um, it, it's a bedding in process, but I, I, I thought Cummings did better than Harding. Um, midfield, I mean Jack Powell again summoned out of out of nowhere to an extent to suddenly find himself back in the as the playmaker in in, in the centre alongside Jimmy Abdu who gave the full Jimmy Abdu show as he does. Uh, you're right, there was a few chances that fell to Jimmy, and he, he just, he's not a he's not a man with a shot on goal, is he? Uh, no, <laughs> he's, he, and, 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 unless he's <clears throat> in the six yard box at Leeds, apparently, and even then he almost missed that. that he did, he did he his best to miss that, it, so. yeah. <laughs> He's not a natural goal scorer by any sense of the That's for sure. imagination. Um, yeah. Jack Powell, I didn't see much of him. What I did see was quite good. Apparently he whipped in a quite a wicked ball in um, that was just waiting to be buried, but they managed to clear it yeah. um, and had a few good, decent spells. He's another one that's only going to... Um, it's, it's not going to be today's game where Holloway's going to be judged by. It'll be whether he, in the next game, we see Jack Powell in the squad or in the team. Very much so. I mean, um, Magai Gway came. I, th- I thought it was not a bad turnout by Magai Gway today. I thought he put himself about physically over on the wing. Um, 
I, I quite like him as a player and I think he's got more to give. He, he's got a certain commitment to his play and I, I, I enjoyed that today. I don't know how much you saw of the new boy Diego Fabrini as well, Craig, but he, I thought he was a quality, quality show. Um, you can see a lot of potential in him and I, I don't think we'll afford him when our 93 days um, part exchange loan comes up because he'll have to go back to Watford. He, he's, he's a very, very good player in my opinion. Yeah, he does look good. There was talk, Holloway mentioned something in his comments about we were going to have him earlier in the season. Or I don't know if that was meant we were going to buy him, but he he didn't match our eight hundred and fifty k player clause. <laughs> I doubt um, he does at that price. He looks. I mean, going by today's standards, he's a few million pounds. If I'd say, I, I, very good close control. Um, apparently, he's played for the Italian national side on one occasion, but you can see that type of quality in him. Um, yeah. I say it's sort of like saying David Nugent was once an England striker, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean we'll see. I mean he, he, he looked good today. He was taken off after about sixty odd minutes, and Lee Martin came into the game and um, to, to a mixed impact, in my opinion. I mean, up up front, we've we've got the return of Meyerhofer. Um, and I, I, I think the, the, the thing with Mayerhoff, and I don't know where you stand with him, Craig, but he had mellowed into a romanticised, slightly rosy-tinted view of, a, of this kind of romantic, big old blunderbuss striker. And I, I forgot how crappy he is. He's absolutely all for as a striker, isn't he? He's, he, he, he does his... Uh, he's, he can't head. No, he, he, he can't head. He can't, he, can't, he can't shoot. He can't... But he's there. He's, he's there. I mean, I mean his, his, his talent remains, always was, and probably always will be his tallness. Mm. Um, and he, he can't head, but often he doesn't have to, which is just as well, because he's kind of close to the ball anyway than everybody else. Um, I mean, he uses his chest quite adeptly. That's that's one thing that I do find um, quite interesting about him. And actually, if you give him the ball and let him dribble, he's, he's, he's quite nimble-footed. Um, we're using him as the kind of classic um, target man, the English target man, which I don't think is his strongest suit, but there we are. Um, he was involved in the goal, and I'm just trying to um, picture the goal again. Now, it fell to Magai Guay, I think, off of his um, involvement. I, I can't... Um, he flicked it on, and then Gregory flicked. knocked it back to Guay. Is that right? That's what I heard from... The, the yeah, I, I've not seen the goals, and in real time, you, it becomes a slight um, yeah. cold-induced you know, hallucination at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think that, you know, to, to imagine him as our first choice starting striker is um, is going to hurt, I think, a little bit. I think we, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that Fabrini can play more centrally up front because um, he does give you a little bit more of a sense that he knows what he's doing. Um, I love the story, and I've got to mention this story in the week on News at Den. I don't know if you've seen this one, Craig. Is this the suit story? Yeah, the suit story. How good a story is that? <laughs> yeah, um, the, the, I've got it on my, my iPad here. Bear with me, listeners. Well, I've got to dig it out. I had to mention it to Craig because I, I just love this story. Um, the, the headline is, The small details make Mayerhofer feel at home at Millwall. So this is the story of uh, Mayerhofer coming back to England from... or to. Um, to to London from from Austria. Now, who who knew that he turned down offers from the diverse range of nations here, Craig? Greece, yeah. Aust- Australia, Switzerland, and then we delve into Kazakhstan and Azerbaijan. <laughs> well, I mean, it, at least we know where we stand. We might not be able to, you know, beat League Two clubs from signing players, but we can certainly beat the likes of Aus- the Australia. What is it? A League, A League, Kazakhstan, <laughs> Premier League, or whatever. The Human Rights League of Azerbaijan, whatever that, whatever goes on there, I don't know. But he's, t- he's turned us down because his heart, listeners, lies at the den and, you know, um, make of that what you will. Um, 
one of the reasons that he came back though is he, he insisted his financial demands uh, weren't the issue. He, he wanted a suit. Apparently, he didn't have a suit. <laughs> <laughs> And he says he's a direct quote speaking to the Suffolk News, which is Alex Aldrich, because I think he is the Suffolk News. Um, Maya Hoffer says, I thought, fuck, look at these cool guys, and then look at me in my old suit. So he rangs David Ford up, and Fordy told him they all have the same suit, club suits. Um, and the club said, this time he can have a suit, and he can go to Waterloo to pick up his suit. And apparently that was the that was the. Um, there we go. That's the deciding factor. Don't forget about. Don't worry about your contract. Where you're going to play. Anything like that. <laughs> If you give him a suit, if only it was that way for everyone. <laughs> it must be some pony tailors out there in Vienna. That's all I can say. If that's you, turn, you turned his head. You've got wonder if we missed out on Chris Wood because we didn't offer him a suit. He says I had loads of offers, Craig. Some of the offers I had were crazy because clubs in some countries pay fucking good money. I think he, he, like, he likes the word <laughs> fucking, fucking and fuck. He likes that word. It's an English word. It's Germanic in origin, anyway. So we'll love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's turned a lot of other clubs down to come back to us, and um, I, I, and we were, should feel great. <laughs> there were moments today where I wished the the, the the tailoring in Azerbaijan was a little bit better than what we had, <laughs> but there we are. Um, so yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure how I should feel at the end of it. I, I, I posted on Twitter afterwards, and I remain of the opinion that, that was progress today. Although it was a three-one defeat to a decent side, it remains progress. Um, I don't know what you think of it, Craig. I mean, do you, do you feel like we've advanced any with that with that turnout today? Well, we couldn't go backwards. No, no, um, that's true. There's there's not much we could have done to go backwards from uh, from uh, Bradford at least. But yeah, it, it is progress. Essentially, it, it sounds strange, but we have to sort of if 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 Holloway is taking it as a as a fresh start and a restart, you have to essentially view some of these games as a um, almost a preseason to get to bed in. The team, the squad, um, and the system. If we're going to start playing four four two, which is unfortunate to be doing twenty six games into the season to have another preseason, but appears to be the the way it is. My Reading will be they're on the decline, so it would be a good test. Not Nottingham Forest again would be yeah. another interesting test. But the three key games, or the the key month, I think for our season is going to be February. Who we got in February? Is Huddersfield? We've got, we got uh, Huddersfield, Birmingham, Leeds, uh, Fulham, Sheffield Wednesday, and Rotherham. Mm. You've got at least three to three to five uh, rivals that are going to be in and around us. Yeah. Um, at the end of the season, so that's in terms of you know they're probably the, that's probably the easiest month we've got for the rest of the season as well. I mean, our record against teams where we must take points off them, just go, you've only got to go back seven days to Blackpool, has not been particularly brilliant, and it'll be a good time to start taking points from these other rival relegation clubs, as you say. Um, I've got a couple of tweets here that I want to read out before we before we wind it up. Um, I mean, I, I felt we, we today was, a, was progress, but there's a couple of um, dissenting voices here, Craig. Henry Fetz says, how long will it take for people to realise that we are fucking awful? <laughs> I think we... <laughs> I think we... <laughs> I think we... <laughs> some, it dawned on some of us a little while ago. Yeah. And we played shit today. Don't delude yourself. Um, yeah, I, I, I get where they're going with, with these comments. Um, I mean, it wasn't brilliant. You can't come away from a 3-1 loss and say, well done, lads. But today was perhaps a little bit of a one-off situation where, to a degree, you can say that, Craig. Yeah, I mean, there, I think that there needs to be some kind of inquest by the chairman in the fact that we did not seem to have a long-term strategy. 
at all in terms of the fact that we came into this season. It seems to be because Holloway's now saying we're moving next summer's plans up six months or whatever it's to, to January. Seems to be that he came into this season saying we've got 24 players out of contract. Uh, that's good. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in this, oh, it's FFP, that tied our hands argument. It can't be because we signed new players. Yeah. We can't sign new players under the, uh, or not sign players or, or sign players to new contracts because, oh, financial fair play, and then sign more players, um, add, thereby adding to the, to the, um, the, 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 the wage bill in itself. So I'm, I'm not buying that. I think Ambler certainly needs to be held into question in terms of his long-term strategy for the club and, and, and his choices that he made in terms of the manager and you know where did Lomas come from and where was the forethought for that because were there going to be foundations laid for that and the money given to him. Um, Holloway's um, situation when he came in in the summer and the plans of, of what we were going to do and the direction we are going to take the club in, why weren't we buying uh, certain players earlier? Why weren't we buying players like um, Paris Cowan Hall yeah. in the summer? Um, why did we get a situation where Scott Malone, who, yes, there are a lot of character flaws that people seem to be revealing about Scott Malone that I'm not sure how they've found out about it, but <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a gentleman who, towards the end of the season, was yeah. one of our best players in helping us keep us up. Um, apparently, again, depending on who you believe, said, I would like a contract. We said, no, we're not giving any out. Um, and then, you know, it'd be like performing well for your company to help them just stay above float so everyone, you know, can survive another year. And then when you ask for, you know, you want to stay on, they go, oh, no, actually, we're, we're going we're gonna to hold on for a bit because we might sack you at the end of the year. It's, you've got to take it from that point of view. And and for that respect, I, I think Ambler's comments about, you know, alluding to certain players not having a right attitude or not deserving a contract when he was one of the better players at the end of the year, almost trying to pin all of the bad stuff that's happened over the and our bad uh, performances over the last few years on Scott Malone. I thought it was absolutely sort of disgusting, really. I thought a really um, a childish thing to do from who's meant to be a CEO of a football club, yeah. who should take a bit more ownership into his part in our decline, um, as well as the manager. I've got his vision of uh, Andy Ambler as like a Dr. Evil somewhere inside the club with two documents, one with last year's plans written on the front cover and that being taken away to the incinerator just over the back of the stadium and then yeah. from a locked secret compartment they've got another one with this year's plans written on yeah. it. What, what, they <laughs> don't reveal that, uh, what they don't reveal is that last year's plans had nothing in it. <laughs> um, we still remain to be seeing what this, this year's plans actually have, so... <laughs> yeah, Andy Ambler. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a debate in, in the whole. I mean, some people, um, you know, ascribe all evil to him, and others see no 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 guilt in him at all. I mean, I'm sure the man yeah. is um, he's human like us. He bleeds, prick him, and he bleeds. Who knows? We'll have to we'll have to wait for the European Court of Human Rights to try him at the Hague yeah. to get get the I full don't, story. I don't blame him for everything. I I just think that people are silly to not give him so, as much credit as or much, as much blame as he gets credit with the. Euro Ferries fiasco. I know that's not all him, but he is the sort of chairman or CEO of or whatever of of the of the club of the company. So yeah. all that stuff goes through him. So 
could have done with Euro Ferries. I'm supposed to be going over to France tomorrow in the Channel Tunnel set light today. So I could have, could have done with Euro Ferries being up and running. As it is, they're, they're nowhere in sight. I'm going to close the show, listeners, with a Churchillian quote. And, and, and I'll, I'll run this past you, Craig. Winston Churchill, the great man, said, if you're going through hell, keep going. And that's what we've got to do at the moment. We've got to keep going. Um, hopefully name a reasonably coherent, settled 11. Maybe something around what we saw today. Stick with it and let these players build up. Um, partnerships, bonds, and yeah. let's see what we can get out in the Reading games. We've got we've got a ten day break now, haven't we? So um... yeah, I think what people have to realise, as in from now, is that from what the chairman said, that wasn't a, a, a an intent of backing. That was yeah. that was him def- definitively saying, "This is Holloway's team. He has carte blanche on whatever he wants to do." with it and yep. he's here to stay and Holloway seems to be taking that and running with it so yeah. um, the best thing you can do whether you like Holloway or not is get behind the, the, the team as much as possible I know that uh, Peter Gartson said that on Lions Live yep. um, and I think there is there is something in that as long as they, they're, they're given, given their all and you've got the young lads playing like Nelson like Powell hopefully we'll get to see maybe O'Brien we won't see Fred because he's too busy scoring in League Two. Um, uh, but yeah, so I think as much as much problems as you might have with Holloway, unfortunately, it's not our choice anymore. Deal with it. Yeah, that's the show, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We'll hopefully see you next week. And thank you to Craig for coming on the show. Hey, Apo- no problem. Apologies for keeping you up late, mate. You can go to bed now. Sit now. <laughs> Nine o'clock. And. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, see you later, man. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.